Money FM 89.3, best of weekends. Let's, speaking of teenagers, Indeed. speaking of kids in school, let's go to a project uh, that you are uh, intimately involved with, Neil. Singapore American uh, Schools. Let's try that again. Singapore American School students uh, have just finished writing, editing, and publishing a new anthology called Time Will Tell. It's going to be released this week, a school project. Neil, you helped them with it. Why don't, I, why don't you introduce uh, the, the subject and our guest today? Well, it is a wonderful subject. I have to say, I support writing in all ways, shapes, and forms, of course. These guys came together, 17, 18-year-old, budding young writers, to conceptualize, write, edit, design, publish, and market a book. That would take 25 different people in a regular publishing It's like the whole ecosystem. Yeah, the of, whole of, ecosystem of, yep. of publishing, from idea to the, to the bookshelf. They did everything. That's awesome. American students, we have two of the contributors coming on now. We have Dylan Knockleby and Artov Chowdhury. They are the anthology editors and project managers, respectively, of the new book, Time Will Tell. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you so much for having us. It's awesome to be here. Dylan, let's yeah, start awesome with you, my friend. Thank you very much. Yeah. Their voices are so low. Oh, my gosh. You see students and you get these deep voices. <laughs> they have radio voices. They have deep resonant voices. Maybe they should be uh, doing uh, broadcasting and not writing. I think we should probably... I'm just swap. practicing my radio voice. <laughs> Glad at this point we could swap places with these two guys. I don't think anyone would Nobody notice. Nobody would notice, right? Okay. Sorry, All right, carry Dylan. On, Dylan, kick it off. <laughs> give For the benefit of our listeners, give us an overview of the project. Yeah, so uh, as you just showed, our anthology we just published as a class is called Time Will Tell. And what it is, it's just separated into three different parts. It's fictional stories focused on the past, um, the present, so that's looking at realistic fiction and also future, so speculative fiction. And all of these stories center around a human truth. So that human truth would have been decided on by the author. And essentially, they could have written about anything they personally feel is really meaningful to them. And then using that, they kind of attacked what truth looks like to them mm. through a fictional story set in the past, present, or future, which kind of talks about the title, Time Will Tell. Atav, let me come to you now. You know, the, one of the words I heard a lot from you guys, and they're only 18, Glenn, ideation. There was a lot of ideation <laughs> in the group. How did you come together? It, it was almost like a boardroom practice, you know, an everyday workplace occurrence. How did you all come together and firstly decide on the theme, the topic and how you were going, what you were going to write about? Huh. Uh, I think that was actually one of the most interesting parts of the process to me. Um, we each kind of formed groups of our own, formed ideas of our own, and then pitched them to the entire cohort. And this year, the ideas were so plentiful that we had to like extend the the pitch meeting several times. We had like <laughs> two or three of those when it was only supposed to be one. And uh, eventually, it just boiled down to a vote. And this idea, um, a, an anthology across the human timeline uh, featuring uh, historical fiction, realistic fiction, and speculative fiction as our genres, uh, won out. And that's what we went with. I, I was just going to say, this is real interesting. I'm, I'm looking at the, a copy of the book right now, Neil's copy, uh, which is nice. All the kids, looks like all the kids signed it for you, Neil, which is great. But it's, it's 
it's split into past, present, and future. So in the past, you've got Father of Death, Belladonna, the brilliant man uh, from blue to red in the present and, and others. Uh, according to the plan, rules of college, in man we trust, the hangover, and looking at the future, some of the future stories, um, woman in channel for the people, the birth mandate, um, they all fall down. So many, I mean, just from reading the titles of them all, so many different uh, styles of writing. And like you said, you had these pitch meetings and things like that. Um, Dylan, as you, as one of the editors and, and one of the contributors, how do you help people when you guys are just student to shape your writing? And I know Neil was there to help you guys and your teachers were there as well. But how, how did that process work for you all? Well, I think especially when we want to talk about truths in all of our stories, kind of the main idea when we go into, when I'm trying to give an especially initial feedback on someone's story is how raw can we make it? How much is this truth really yours? How much is this voice really yours? What are you putting down on this page that's representing how you feel? So especially at the start of the process, a lot of students tend to overwrite um, and really our job as editors was to make sure, especially because um, it is a 38 students all writing stories. We wanted to kind of try and put a limit on them at around 2,500 words or so, so people can get through that anthology. Um, And as a result of that, there were lots of people who initially were overriding. So our our main job as editors, for me, in my opinion, was really just to cut back on that stuff that really didn't speak to the central meaning of the piece Mm. until we finally just, everything just related to that. Even though it's creative writing, Dylan, you still have to push for that sort of authentic voice that's going to come from people and not something that's full of a lot of hyperbole. Is that... Is, am I hearing that correctly? That's exactly what I'm saying. Especially, um, obviously, a lot of people may be skeptical in terms of reading books written by high school students. Mm. However, I think, if anything, that's what makes this book so good to read, is that every story is in the perspective eyes of a high school student. And that's something you don't get to read a lot of. And I think that's really the magic of all the editing process and the, all, the end results of these pieces, is that they really are just the raw opinions of high school students. Oh, it's, 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 it's got the raw, visceral, authentic voice of youth. And it's a lot better than the many books I've read by adults. I have to say that. Neil, let me ask you a question since you were working with the students. And I remember you did the same project last year. Mm. And last year when we had this discussion, you were blown away at, at how serious some of the topics were. The kids were really opening up. Mm the kids, the students, the writers were really opening up. What, what was the experience like this year? Did it differ, does it differ from year to year, aside from the students being different and the writers being different? Yeah, of course, it, it does differ from year to year. But what I noticed this time was a greater willingness, and this is so important to Singapore generally, but a greater willingness to express their vulnerability, mm. their uncertainty, because these students have written an anthology coming out of something that's taken up arguably what a fifth of their entire life so far which is the pandemic right this idea of not being seeing families and friends and being isolated and being vulnerable and being uncertain and this idea that they don't have all the answers and they're trying to explore the greater truth but sometimes the greater truth is quite ugly and indecipherable and uncertain indeed so they've they've reached such profound such a profound point in their writing for someone so young. It is genuinely extraordinary. Sounds very mature, right? Genuinely extraordinary. And and to bring it back to Atav, I'll ask you this. You know, from uh, from idea to the printed page, the journey you guys have gone on are such important life skills and work skills that you've got now to take into any workplace. Yeah. What were some of the key skills you think you guys developed? 
Uh, I mean, I think the answer to this is twofold, uh, at least for me. I think on one end, there are a lot of these technical writing skills that I learned that are no doubt going to be useful for me later in the future, right? Knowing how to write well, knowing how to express my ideas in a way that's that's clear, um, knowing how to be concise. Uh, I was also one of the leaders for the editing team, so I had to make sure that I was able to cut down other people's stories, cut down my own stories, keep things like concise. Uh, and I think all these kind of like technical writing skills are going to be essential for me in the future. But I do think, as, as you said, uh, you develop a lot of like essential work skills as well. Um, for me, uh, I think the biggest thing that I took away from the project, the biggest work or life skill that I took away is to kind of avoid being a perfectionist all the time. You know, there's a point at which you have to move on. You have to say, this is good enough. And then <laughs> uh, you, you progress with your story. And I think for a lot of my, my writing, I wasn't able to do that. But because of the strict deadlines, I was kind of forced to do it here, and it was really, really beneficial. Um, and on top of that, of course, you learn things like time management. Um, you learn to stick to deadlines. Uh, you learn to work with others. And I think all of these are, are vital vital skills that will come in handy in the future. Uh, every professional writer struggles with uh, all of those things, so you guys are not alone. And, and if you take on writing as a career, you will face those struggles the rest of your life. Absolutely. Um, Brooke Tillman's on Facebook Live saying, such talented kids. Uh, LL Tan, are you putting the book online? Are samples available uh, for students uh, as a reference? Uh, any any thoughts on that uh, from, uh, from you, Dylan, or from Atarv? Uh, will people be able to see it anywhere else other than buying the physical copy? Uh, yeah, I think the the way we plan to sell it most to people, uh, especially across Singapore, would be through Amazon. Mm-hmm. So currently working on that right now. It's really close to being ready. But yeah, everyone will be able to order it off Amazon and they'll ship to anywhere in Singapore. And Amazing. They've conceptualized a book and it's about to go <laughs> on Amazon in different formats. Extraordinary. Dylan, let me ask you something, because this is a, a workplace skill that I think is particularly relevant to Singapore, which is this idea that Atav mentioned, which is you you workshopped your pieces as a group. In other words, Mm -hmm. there was a little bit of not so much face saving, but almost face ripping where you had to sit in a room maturely and say, okay, this piece could be approved with this and this piece could be improved with that. This idea that no voice was superior to any other. Everybody's view was taken on board. Except the editors. Yeah. (laughs) They were always like, yeah, we don't want to listen to them. What was that experience like? Because you have to leave the ego outside the door, Dylan, don't you? You absolutely do. And and I spoke about this a little at our book launch yesterday, actually. I really think that that workshopping process is the magic of this class. Um, Not only when we write this anthology, but even in the first semester when we work on our other pieces. But it really is just everyone. I think the magic in it is the fact that we're 38 individual writers, but we're all going through the same process together. So you look around you and the person next to you is has the same insecurities as you. They have the same worries uh, of their writing, even though we all know that they're a phenomenal writer. And that is all it is. It's just the fact that they have to share their piece and everyone objectively, there's never any attacking. It's all empathetic feedback. It's all suggestions. None of it's ever demanding. It really is just a community of understanding individuals that really do just want to help improve your writing. And I think it's a little difficult to to conceptualize that at first, but once you've gone that through your head, it really is just so much fun to just sit down with people that really are your friends and just 
discuss what can we do to improve this and what can we do I'm smiling, Glenn, because, you know, 18-year-old Dylan is telling us about empathetic feedback in the workplace. You and I have worked in workplaces with adults that do not understand the concept of empathetic feedback. Am I right? I only wish that, that every, uh, every work experience you guys have, they, they oh. listen to you and you're emp- and talking about empathetic uh, work experience. Uh, Artav, w- uh, Artav, excuse me, when you uh, look at the group of kids that you said, 38 kids, um, how many of of those do you think will continue writing in some way, shape, or form, whether for fun or professionally, but, you know, consider, will consider writing and publishing further books. What do you think about that? I think one of the interesting thing, uh, things about this class is, is that it's one of the, the classes where I feel like almost every single member of the cohort is just genuinely that passionate about English. I've been in English classes before where you could tell the people are just kind of doing it for the requirement or because they didn't think that any other English class was better. But I didn't feel that here because every single person was invested in their story in some way, shape or form. They wanted to produce something and put out something that looked good and was nice to read. Uh, And I think in that sense, uh, because of the genuine passion I've seen, like almost every single member of this cohort demonstrate, I could say with confidence that almost everybody would continue writing in at least some way, shape or form, whether that be professionally or for fun, as you said. Hmm. And for you, Dylan, what were the key skills? I mean, I'm assuming you guys are about to go to university soon and follow your careers. What were some of the key skills or the key skill that you think will help you, Dylan, in the workplace, whatever it is you end up doing? Well, I like to think it is a bit what I just spoke of, that empathetic feedback. I think um, this class really teaches you how to accept feedback in addition to giving it. And that is something that I think is going to be very valuable in the future. Um, And also just collaboration skills, Uh, of course, especially when we talk about writing. Like you said, there is a lot of the ego involved and it's difficult to to touch on some subjects when it could be very personal to someone else. But still, it's obviously when you're in the workplace, you're going to have to be touching on those tougher subjects and, and learning when, no, this actually has to be changed. I'm sorry. So I think that idea of collaboration and how do you civilly collaborate with others is going to be the most valuable thing for me when I leave this class. Yeah. Atarva, yeah. what, what was your favorite element of the process that, of doing this from start to finish for you? Uh, for me? Uh, I think it's it's kind of a, a two-way tie between like the ideation process and between uh, the workshopping process. I enjoyed ideation because um, while it's also the part I struggle most with, I think it's the part that's really, really fun in this class. Um, we basically have to take mentor texts based on our respective genre, read those, analyze them, look for themes, and then based on that, ideate. Um, I had a lot of fun reading my mentor text, which were uh, mentor texts rather, which were two works by Ray Bradbury, um, and they're both anthologies. So I had a lot of fun reading and analyzing those, and then using the foundations of those texts to come up with my own ideas. Um, and then the workshopping process, as Dylan did say, is really the best thing about this class, uh, wherein. Everyone is so open to both giving and receiving feedback in a way that's just constructive and builds on other people rather than disparaging them. And I think uh, being able to both get that feedback and give that feedback felt really good um, and ultimately improved everyone's story. So I think it's it really is a two-way tie between that for me. <laughs> nice. Uh, Dylan, uh, I'll give the final word to you. It's often said, you know, the obituary has been written for the printed word, for the written word. It's a sunset industry. After going through this journey, why do you think 
the written word, writing, fiction, for pleasure, whatever, why does it still matter? Well, I think this class just encapsulates that as the whole as it's not about the final result. Obviously, it feels incredible to have a published piece of work, but writing, and I've never understood this more than I do today, is all about the process. Uh, I think, especially when we talk about our story, our anthology, uh, it's all about holding up a mirror to yourself and realizing, like, where where do I fall short? What what do I need to to do to to grow? And I can kind of how can I attack that in my writing as well? And then going through the whole process of learning what needs to stay, what needs to go, of working with others, of learning how to edit, how to improve on yourself. That's a very difficult thing to do. So. Like I said, obviously, it feels amazing to have this published piece of work that I'm very proud of that I can show off to everyone. But yeah. I think until you go through that process of idea generation up until the editing process, up until trying to publish whatever works you have, I think that's where the true magic of, of writing is. And that's why I, even if it gets shorter, I don't think the written word will ever die. Well, and, a, and a great element to put in the portfolio, right, as they go on toward university. And, absolutely. And, yeah. and our listener, one of our listeners clearly agrees. L.L. Tan has written in to say, the process of editing and producing a book, including getting sponsors and supporters, is definitely valuable. This experience will certainly help contribute to your career path later. Indeed. Couldn't agree more. And Kelly Nash has kindly posted... Books can be purchased through the SAS Booster booth. That's sasboosterstore.com. It's on our Facebook Live page. Gentlemen, thank you so much for being on with us today. Dylan Nokelby, excuse me, and Atarav Chaudhary, both students at Singapore American School, taking part in putting together this book, Time Will Tell. Uh, we wish you guys great luck and success in the future. Thank you very thank much. You so thank much you so much for having, having us. Thanks, guys. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.